Hey, JP. Hi. Guess what? What? We're going to be talking sharks on this episode. Sharks. Ding, 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 ding. We're going to learn some cool things about sharks. They're not as scary as you thought, JP. They're really not. Dude, I was scared. I was really scared. Miss Kaylee is uh, very smart. She's very graceful in the water. She's graceful with her talking. She's graceful with her knowledge. We appreciated having her on here. She was. She was really cool. She, uh... I don't even know what to say. She she was she's so mellow and she's like she's got that she, she really wants to help lifestyle. Yeah. She wants to help the earth. She's like full island life, carefree. Well, not carefree, but yeah, just super mellow. Yeah, I like her. Like the way you would picture somebody who's a free diver that dives with sharks. The way they sh- you would think they act, she acts that way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I uh, couldn't do it. I couldn't do what. I don't know. Now, well, now I'm going to try to die with sharks, but before I was like, nope, put a big nope on that. We could practice. Uh, I know we're in Colorado, but we could still practice. Have you ever been in like a deep lake and it kind of freaks you out with big fish? Uh, not really. I grew up water skiing and hydrosliding in Louisiana where there's alligators and alligator gar, so... I don't really care about that. And you never thought, like, I'm going to get bit any minute. Get me out of here. Uh, no, but when I used to water ski and I had to take a piss, I would just go in the water like everybody else does, I'd imagine. That's the only time it freaked me out. I feel like something was going to be attracted to my urine and try to bite my junk off. Mm. <laughs> I have this strange, like, I wouldn't call it a phobia, but a fear. Uh, so in Bear Lake, in Bear Lake, Utah, between Utah and Idaho, it splits the border. It's super, it's a super deep lake and it's super clean. So you can see way down. And I love being in that lake as long as I don't look down, like look down at my feet and just the sheer depth is just, that's pretty cool. I need to go there. It boggles my mind. You know, what's freaky to me is being um, at the surface of the water when there's like ocean water. I'm much more scared being in the, um, in the surface. If I was deep down or just like 10 feet down, I'd feel a lot safer. But when you're on the surface, you feel, I just feel like a sitting duck waiting to get ambushed by something. Yeah, because you can't really see what's coming. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And then your feet, supposedly your feet, because they're so much lighter than the rest of your body, they kind of look like fish paddling. Mm. And it kind of attracts the uh, sharks. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know it looks that way for sure. You ever been under somebody while they're swimming at the surface and you see their feet kicking back and forth and it kind of shines, it's so bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that makes sense. I never really freaky. put two and two together, but that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know what hobby I started doing recently, man? What's that? Sun staring. Sun staring. Yeah. Now, I've, I've heard of a lady, and her name is Jessa Reed, I believe. She stared at the sun for a very long time, and to this day... Her eyes are messed up. She wasn't doing it right. Oh, she 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 gave it all she had. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go and do it like intermittent. You got to do like little quick sessions. I like to just go a good five minutes and see who blinks first. Me or the sun. I see dots. <laughs> I see spots everywhere. That's a terrible idea. You yeah. can. I don't even think you can look at it at the sun through like a welding lens. Mm. Maybe. It's fun, man. You should try. No. I think our listeners should try to. We should have a You're bad influence, but staring contest for who can stare at the sun the longest. Don't do that, people. <laughs> don't please don't do that. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> you really do that? No, I don't do that. I know you. I'm just janking your chain. 
Have you ever got a, you, you spend a lot of time out in the sun. You ever had any kind of weird skin thing show up where you're like, this might be cancer? I'm always thinking I'm going to have skin cancer. I don't know why, because I'm very fair complected. And when I get in the sun, I I can I can tan okay. It takes me a while. I don't get burnt like gingers do, but um, I'm definitely pretty fair complected. But yeah, I'm I'm always freaked out that I have skin cancer. It's just waiting to surface. Mm. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, but I have had some pretty serious burns. Really? Oh yeah, I peeled like a snake, bro. <laughs> like a goddamn snake. <laughs> like a snake. Bad. You know what I have a problem doing? What's that? And I think it mainly drives my wife nuts, as mm-hmm. I have an issue with finishing people's sentences. Oh, really? Yeah. And when I'm I'm talking to somebody, I, I think I know what they're saying, and I'm trying to let them know I know what they're saying, and I don't mean it to be rude. So while they're talking, I interrupt them and try to finish their sentence. And most of the time, I'm wrong, but it's <laughs> it's still um still a problem I'm trying to work on. I don't I don't think I've been doing it on the podcast. I try to shut up when people are talking. Dude, you can finish my sentence if you want. If you to. want to, uh, see? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see what you did there. See what you did there. Yeah. So, what's your take on on ocean life? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so stupid. <laughs> you nailed it. I was actually gonna say global warming. Global. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to get into that. I don't know enough about it. I don't either. We'll get an expert to talk about it. It's touched on in this episode, and I don't want to go into that and offend anybody because I don't have any knowledge on it. Do we have somebody coming up? Um, no, we don't. I'm okay. going to book somebody, though. Hey, you want to talk about global warming? Yeah, if you think you know a lot about global warming, hit us up, and we'll get you on here so you can have a platform to speak out your message. Convert us to some climate changers. I want to hear some cold, hard facts. Yeah. What's the biggest temperature change you've seen within 24 hours? Me? Yes. Uh, I don't even know. 20 degrees, maybe? I think the best I've seen is like 50. 50? Wow. Yeah, it went from 30 degrees one day. The next day, it was negative 20. So, JP, word on the street is you don't even listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't listen to a lot of it. I uh, I was here. I witnessed it. So you got that live experience and that's all you need? Live action. I oh, don't say that. Live action. Don't do it. I hate that guy. Uh, turtle man. If yeah, turtle man, if you're listening, fuck you, man. Oh, come on. That guy's a, a fraud to the animal kingdom. He's entertaining. He's an idiot. But he's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so much bad information and the show is so staged it was ridiculous. Um so why you don't like to listen to the podcast, man? How you want the listeners to listen if you don't even listen? I mean, I I, I listen to an extent. I listen you to some listen. of it. I don't listen to it front to back. But that's just because, I don't know. It, how, how many celebrities watch their own movies? I think every of them like, oh, I need to Yeah, that is a thing. Some of them don't movie. do it and they feel uncomfortable doing it. But me personally, I go to bed listening to our podcast and I wake up to our podcast. I have it set as an alarm. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have like some kind of sense of like criticism in there? And... Yeah, I, I I hate my voice so much that I I like to hear our podcast and and pick myself apart and hate myself, and it makes it easier to hate myself when I hear myself. And Eric likes nightmares. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, dude, my, my alarm is... Are you ready to enter the rabbit hole? That's kind of cool, though. That's different. No, it's not. What do you mean? That would be so annoying. <laughs> I don't... I, I don't see a problem in that. What, the theme? Yeah, the theme. Having it as a like, no, ringtone man. or anything like that. It gets so old. Kind well, cool. I mean, for you, because you don't listen to podcasts, so you never hear it. Oh. I hear it all the time. Now, I'm our biggest fan. But you were here. I know, but it's different when you hear it in a format and you get to hear what we produced. That's what I'm saying. I listen to it to that extent. Like, I, I flip through it. I listen to it. I make sure audio's on point for the, for the best we can do. I, but I don't listen to it front to back. Hey, uh, listeners, I want to know who your favorite guest was so far. We're about 12 episodes in, um, either on social media or email us. Truth or theory podcast at gmail.com. I want to know who you liked the most, what episode was most entertaining, which one was most informative and all that good stuff. Yeah, different subjects. Cause I can't ask JP cause he doesn't listen to the podcast. Who, who do you want to hear come back? Like an yeah. A1. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opinions of this. And hopefully we, we have spoke to them a lot to come back. And I think we got some more people coming back and it's going to be sweet. One <clears throat> one cool thing is every guest we've booked on here has all expressed interest of coming back. So we haven't had one person come on and be like, oh, that was a mistake. I don't ever want to go back on that shit show. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> every one of them has been uh very pro truth to theory podcast so that's cool that means we're doing our job yeah because yeah. we're the hostess with the mostest i hope it continues that way it will it will do we're will. fantastic um, you, you wait till you see the guests we got coming up oh it's only getting better and better guys i'm i'm talking to so many people right now uh your mom's even coming on the podcast be ready for that um oh and i want to shout out uh, a listener who's Listening to this, probably he's probably driving right now because he drives for a living, back and forth, pretty damn far, and he's already knocked out all episodes within just a few days. Very impressive. He's a fan of ours. He's a family friend of mine. We've known him since I was a, a little wee lad, and he's got some pretty funny stories about me as a kid too. That I won't, I will not let him come on there and, and expose that. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to uh, Jacob and his uh, son, who's a badass jujitsu competitor right now, kicking ass in the jiu-jitsu world winning all kinds of tournaments and i think he's got his first fight coming up in florida which is really cool that is awesome yeah so shout out to jacob and his son drake appreciate you listening and thank you for your support sir and be safe on the road absolutely thank you appreciate you also don't forget um i posted on social media that i want to do a new segment where we have a uh thing called giving the the listeners the microphone basically where we're going to put an audio clip up of you guys giving us a review and what your thoughts were. If you want to argue about a subject we talked about, we got some facts wrong, anything. Anything you want to do, keep it under five minutes, please, and um, we'll post it up on, on random episodes and so you can get your voice out there. and You can blast us. You can roast us. You can compliment us. You can do whatever you want. Um, send that to truthortheorypodcast at gmail.com, and you can just do it on your phone with the audio clip thing on there, the little microphone that works fine. Yeah, that would be cool. We've had a few guys uh, test it out and send their clips to me, and it sounds perfect. Heck yeah. So look out for that. That's coming soon. And we're also going to be doing a new segment soon where JP gives us the latest, craziest current events. Yeah, he didn't even know about that. That's turn of the tide. <laughs> Breaking news. The world's on fire.
This just in. Australia is still burning. <laughs> Actually, they got that contained. Did they? See? This is an old episode. Perfect for this. Yep. No, but seriously, though, were you cool doing that? I didn't even talk to you about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just I, just find a few interesting things that are going on recently within between the two episodes that we do. And we'll talk about it. And we'll include the guest on it so they can give us their, their take on it, too. And then we'll go into six questions after that. Yeah, I tell those guys all the time crazy facts that are going on in the world at work. Tell them about sports. See, it's a calling. Tell them about it was meant to be crazy stuff that's going on. Some weird facts that I've heard that may or may not be true, but it's like, hey, that's interesting. And you've always wanted to be an anchor man, so it's perfect. That's right. I got a mustache for it. Oh my god. We're not on YouTube yet, so y'all don't even know if that's true or not. So he has a the biggest mustache you can imagine. I want to do a breaking news right now. <laughs> let's practice. Yeah, let's practice. Think of some uh, some news that you got. Breaking news. I don't right, have a on. mustache. Hang on, hang on. Let me give you a little beat. Dun, 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 dun. It's breaking news with JP. Breaking news. Welcome to the news podcast. Truth or theory. Today's truth. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to practice. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. Yeah, you got to think of a news thing to share. It, and it doesn't have to be like world news, too. It can be something stupid and viral that happened that we're going to pick apart because that stuff's funny to me. Like that lady that freaked out in, I think it was Walmart. She freaked out on a guy and was going crazy on him and saying all kinds of crazy shit. And she um, <laughs> she was basically asked to leave by the staff there. and She just attacked all of them too verbally. She lost her shit. Oh, dude. What what was she talking about? What was her deal? I don't, I don't know about that one, but I, I can give you some. Well, I'm going to have her come on the podcast, and we're going to get a priest, and we're going to have a live exorcism on the podcast. Final episode coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get that demon out of her because she was crazy. So viral stuff, uh, world news that's interesting, anything that's controversial, just get like three different things per episode. And yeah. that, that's going to be JP's new segment. News with JP. And I'm going to come up with a little jingle for you and everything, too. All right, guys. Um, get ready to enjoy a very informative shark episode. Who doesn't love sharks? It's Shark Week and Truth or Theory podcast world, so enjoy it. We have, we have had a lot of uh, talk about ocean animals and whatnot, and sharks are so cool. I like them. There's a, I don't forgot the stat of it, but supposedly there's, what, 70% of the oceans haven't been discovered, I mean, explored? 75% of it? Oh, yeah. That's insane. That's so crazy. There's so much life out there that we don't know about. So we're going to be touching on oceanic lifestyle stuff quite often. I hope they find Nessie. All right. We're going to end it on that note. Enjoy the podcast, guys, and go follow Kaylee on um, Instagram. Mermaid Kaylee, I believe, is her Instagram handle. She's got some really cool content on there. She's cool. Support the sharks, guys. Stop eating their damn fins. Enjoy. Stop plucking their damn teeth. Oh, my God. Enjoy. (laughs) Are you ready to go into the rabbit hole? We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Quantum theory. It is the most bizarre. who can leave our body. They're from other dimensions, they pop in and out. 
the affirmative task we have now is to actually um, create uh, uh, a new world order. All right, guys, welcome to another podcast, Truth or Theory. Uh, we got Kaylee Grant on this uh, episode, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some some more ocean stuff, uh, shark myths, and, yeah, uh, shark, shark myths, shark conservation. We're going to learn some good stuff. Pumped. Welcome to the podcast, Kaylee. Hi, aloha, everybody. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely, it's a, our honor to have you. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little uh, background about you and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so again, my name is Kaylee Grant. I live out here on Oahu in Hawaii. I'm a dive master, EFR instructor, free diver, um, shark diver, shark biologist, shark naturalist. I work for a company out here called One Ocean Diving, in which we take people diving with sharks every single day. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's super cool. Uh, <laughs> I visited Hawaii one time, and I did want to do the shark cage deal, and uh, we just got tied up in other things. There's there's so much to see. Yes, very blessed. Live in a really fun place where there is lots to do. Um, so we're actually located in the same area as the shark cage tour. So you can actually come opt to do it without a cage if you guys are ever back on Oahu. Without a cage. I got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to try that so bad. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to book that for next year. That sounds like an awesome trip. What kind of sharks do you encounter in those kind of trips? So we are diving in a depth that is about 300 feet. So we're going out oh. actually about three miles offshore. Wow. Um, and so the sharks that we see are a bit more of a pelagic shark or other, in other words, open ocean shark. The ones that we typically see the most are sandbar sharks and Galapagos sharks. They can range anywhere from about five to 12 feet, depending on the species, sex, and age of the shark. But we also get to see um, scalloped hammerheads at times, and my favorite is the tiger shark. Wow, that would be incredible to see that up close and personal. Yeah. <laughs> 300 feet down, that's pretty deep. Yeah, so it's like full on so, like scuba stuff. I should probably clarify that it's a snorkel, so you're on the top, you're on the surface, oh, okay. but... Um, there's no need to use a cage, use a cage, or um, use tanks, go scuba diving, anything like that. It's just a really, really peaceful um, snorkel or free dive. So free diving wow. is just where you actually hold your breath um, and dive down under the water, similar to just diving to the deep end of a swimming pool, something like that. That's awesome. Do you have to? So you don't have to be certified for any of that stuff, right? You could take a course with you guys and be good to go. Yeah, you could just book a tour and you're all set. Uh, I've taken out kids. Um, the only requirement for kids is that they're at least four feet tall. So you can imagine pretty, pretty young kids. And we've taken out people of all ages, all the way up to 90 years old, as old as you want to go, as young as you want to go. So the only requirement is that they're at least four feet tall, just so that with the sharks, they are an appropriate size to where the sharks kind of give them that respect as an equal apex predator. That's oh, yeah, that's a good point. Wow. So you, with you doing this all the time and being out there, are sharks just kind of like every other Monday to you now and it's not even that crazy? Or do you still get an adrenaline uh, rush? So the first time that I ever did this, 
I went out with um, one of our bosses, Ocean Ramsey. And I remember on the ride out, and I see that most people feel this on a, every day that I take people out as well. I, I can watch people feel a bit nervous. You get there, you see the sharks, you're like, I don't know about this. But when you actually get in, it is very surprisingly zen, surprisingly peaceful, relaxing, really beautiful experience. You get to see that they don't want anything to do with you as far as a prey item. Um, they're just swimming, doing their thing, doing their role in the ecosystem. However, with all that being said, and it is such an amazing, beautiful, peaceful, relaxing experience, I really encourage anyone to try it. But with all of that being said, they are still predators. They're still at the top of the food chain. Um, they're still to be respected. So we never actually preach. Um, we do try to change perceptions away from a man-eating monster, but we don't try to preach that they're puppy dogs either. So even though I've been doing this for about five years under the guidance of some of the world's best shark divers in the globe, um, I still always carry with me that respect that I really need to be here in the moment, pay attention, observe the behavior, make sure that it is an okay time for us to be in the water. Now, with you doing this, is it do you uh, is it like a scientific deal, or is this just just what you like to do? Are you are you like with scientific deals? I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I originally went to school at Temple University. I'm from Philadelphia originally, so I made a pretty long commute moving over here. Yeah. Um, my bachelor's degree is in ecotourism, and then I went back to school out here at the University of Hawaii for the Marine Option Program. So science is definitely a part of my background, and as far as our everyday practices at Wanisha Diving, it's a huge aspect of our operations as well. So the cool part about it is that each time that we're taking people out to this site and the various sites that we have around the island, um, we are also recording data while we're out there with them as well. So. The amazing part is, is that all of our guests that come out with us are also citizen scientists where they can help us observe uh, any behavior, just general observations with the ocean, with other animals around, with the sharks, and we record all of that data. So we're constantly monitoring the population of sharks out here, uh, which species is coming by, which sex is coming by, how they're behaving, uh, the weather conditions at the time, and watching all of those correlations. So we take that information that we record and we use that to help us gain protection for the sharks here in Hawaii. Awesome. That's really cool. With uh, you guys going to that location, are you guys going like to the same area roughly every time in the water? Generally, it is very similar areas. Uh, there, is a, there is a specific ledge under the water where it drops deeper. And this species really like to uh, move in the currents that run through this area. It helps them conserve energy that way. So we'll go anywhere that's sort of along the, that ledge. Uh, it's also a perfect depth profile for this particular species to be able to find their prey items or whatever depth they would normally kind of hang out at. So uh, it's a really cool hot spot out here. That's why it's like just about three miles out, but anywhere along that ledge. And we'll actually be situated along the ledge um, not too far from even the cage tours. So the same sharks that they see could end up cruising by us, and then we'll see the same sharks uh, later that day. You see, now I, I, I feel more comfortable with that because uh, 
you kind of know where they're at versus let's just chum the waters like crazy and just draw in starving sharks. Uh, you know what I mean? That makes me nervous. Yeah. Many, many places around the world do have to actually use bait because it can be really hard to find sharks in the open ocean. So though I have been on baited dives in other areas of the world throughout my travels, uh, for example, uh, Florida or Tahiti, uh, Mexico, places like that, uh, but we're really, really lucky to have this area, and it makes the interaction way more natural. So they do, at times, uh, keep a further distance from us than, obviously, if you were on something like a baited dive where they're a bit more excited. So it's a really cool, really natural experience. You get to see them naturally behaving in their um, in their environment without any influence. Yeah, 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 I like that. Are you... <laughs> Are you um, seeing like the same specimens on a regular basis, or is it, or can you even tell them apart? That's a really great, great question. We actually have an ongoing photo ID catalog, so we'll visually take photos of the sharks and look for individual scars, markings, um, nicks, notches in their fins, and dorsal fin, pectoral fin. We'll line those up, and we'll actually give them a name. So we actually have over 200 sharks documented in this database. And then uh, knowing their name, knowing a little bit more about their individual demeanors, it helps us re-identify these animals as they come back around, which can be really beneficial as well because we can see how they behave different individually, just like you or I maybe, like a little bit different in our personalities. They could be different in their demeanors and dominance and things like that. Um, but it also helps us see how often the same sharks are coming back to this area. Um, there also has been a bit of tagging done by the Hawaii Institute of Marine Biology um, and local universities around here as well. And they have seen that though these same sharks can move to other islands, even have been recorded being seen on Maui and Kauai, uh, it seems that they favor this area. So they, they do come back quite often. What what do you think is making them favor that area? Is it just a good food source and the temperature is right, or what's going on there? Yeah, the North Shore of Oahu is pretty well known for our crab populations out here. So we do have crab fishermen, and the sharks at times gotten really, really smart. They're really, really intelligent animals. So you'll see them congregate a little bit more around crab pot boats or fishing boats than even the tour boats because they really can recognize those engines. and. Um, determine the difference and they know if they're crabbing out there there could potentially be uh something fall out and then they could get easy prey that way um same with fishing you know if there's something dead dying weak on the line then that's a lot easier prey than if they had to go out and hunt something that was more healthy um so they're definitely uh in survival mode where they are looking to replenish their resources and their energy so that's a lot of the reason. We also believe it is the strong currents that come through here. And there are different fluctuations throughout the time of year where one species will just like almost completely vanish and we won't see that species for a month and then they'll start to come back. So there is still a lot that we do need to learn about their migrational patterns and where exactly they're going or where exactly they may be going to mate or to birth their pups. Now, I'm kind of curious, uh, has there been any of them, have you seen any shark where you're like, wait a second, you're not supposed to be here? That's so funny. Um, we have seen various species. Uh, one time, I was lucky enough to see a blue shark in this area, which is quite shallow for that particular species, so that was really interesting. Uh, and they're a very cool species of shark. If you Google 
blue shark. They're very beautiful, and they kind of move like a noodle through the water. So it's kind of funny, and they're kind of derpy in that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of our co-founders was out at this exact area. His name is Juan Oliphant, and his Instagram is Juan Sharks. And he had a great white shark at this spot. That was back in 2005. Mm. So it's been quite a long time. Uh, that was before my time out here. Uh, and yeah, that's also a quite shallow area for a great white, but you never really know what could be pulling them in. We do have great whites in Hawaii. It's extremely rare to get to see them. They generally stay much farther offshore and much deeper water than where ocean viewers, ocean tours would be going on. Um, but they will follow uh, humpback whale migrations in search of dead whale carcasses as well. So every so often, we'll get a sighting of a humpback or a, a great white shark out here. Dang, that's pretty cool. Um, you mentioned that uh, some sharks have special like scars and things like that, so you can identify them. Is do you know of any out there where you're like? Oh, shit, that's Scarface. We got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. You guys are asking a great question. Um, Thank you. So there are two sharks that are Galapagos sharks that I wouldn't say, oh, we have to get out of here, but I'm just a little bit more ready to respond to their um, actions or, or I'm watching their behavior a little bit more than the other sharks. And the reason being, uh, one is named Hook, and the other one is named Curly Boy. And the reason that I say that is because um, they're actually both blind. Uh, or nearly fully blind. So without that, without vision as a sense, at times they have been known to come closer because they need to use their other senses to determine what you are. So you kind of see them bump into things a lot, but obviously you don't want wow. that to be your guests. <laughs> so <laughs> we just play it a little bit safer with them. They're just really old. They're like little grandpas. Um, you can see their eyes, uh, the way that we know that they're blind also just by seeing their behavior you know coming in closer bumping into things it seems like they don't know that things are there um but also when you come up really close to them and look in their eyes it looks like an old dog's eyes when you can see the cataracts and it's like very gray yeah so it looks it looks like that so i just watch out for those guys but any shark at any time and i can't stress this enough could potentially be a dangerous animal they're apex predators they're wild animals we're entering their home um, so it's really important to go with a professional so that you have someone guiding you that knows what to look out for and knows any behavioral changes that might determine, hey, we should just get out, give them their space now. Right. Uh, Kayla, how do you, is there a way to tell the age of a shark and, and what is the uh, lifespan of a shark? And does it, does it de depend on different species? Yeah, totally depends on different species. Uh, some of the sharks that we deal with out here, the sandbar and Galapagos, they live about 40 years old. Um, but you can get sharks that are hundreds of years old, like a oh, Greenland wow. shark. Um, so it really depends on the species. But uh, you can't really determine the age unless you're going to do look in the vertebrae. So I believe, and again, it depends on the species, but they'll have almost like rings on a tree where there will be something there to identify the age of the shark. I can kind of, because I've been diving with the species like five days a week, like a real job for the last five years. So I've seen them kind of grow over this time. And um, you can see a lot of times by size, if you're very familiar with the species, uh, maybe by, you know, even coloration at times or, or how thick or how like large they are. 
And uh, the teeth have nothing to do with marking their age. They don't get old and start losing a lot of teeth like people. They Sharks always lose a lot of teeth, actually. They have many, many rows. And as the new rows come up, uh, old teeth will fall out. So that's something that they're constantly losing. One shark could lose thousands of teeth in their lifetime. Holy cow. Yeah. So is that why there's so many shark teeth out there in souvenir shops? Is it wash yes, up? and a really good a really good note I would like to make about that is that if you ever are wanting to buy a shark tooth souvenir, what you should buy is a fossilized shark tooth and not a modern shark tooth. So the difference there is a fossilized shark tooth, it means that it fell out from a shark naturally a very, very long time ago. You'll be able to look at it and tell because it will either be black in color brown tan gray it will have a a darker hue if you see a white tooth don't buy that tooth um, because you're probably supporting an industry where um, fishermen actually killed that shark for their jaws for their teeth Um, i've actually seen souvenirs as weird and bizarre as shark fetuses that they'll put in formaldehyde and you can just buy a little shark fetus to i guess put in your room or something like that so uh, be really weary about what souvenirs and shark products you may be purchasing yeah i have one in our studio i feel bad about it now (laughs) oh sorry to call you out on on air you just blasted me but it's good to know though because i didn't know that now our listeners know as well Uh, yeah we'll use that as an example of what not to have in your studio perfect you can make a difference now yep that's our goal um what um, what season is do you recommend is best to go there for your your dive? Every season is a little different, which is nice. Summer you get a lot calmer seas. My particular favorite would be tiger season, in which we cannot guarantee a tiger shark because it is totally random. They're cruising around, it's doing what they want to do. Uh, but that would be in the fall, so from August to November. My favorite months are September, October. We see the most tigers then. But even right now, February is such a great month as well because though the the seas can be a little rougher, um, we do have humpback whales in town right now. So you get a whale watch and a shark dive in one. But good thing is we have sharks all year round, so always welcome to take you guys out. I don't know why. Personally, I'd be more scared to be next to a whale in the ocean than a shark. Something about that just freaks me out. Whales are amazing. They're very majestic. They're very peaceful, and they're actually generally can be way more scared of us than we are of them but they are huge they're huge they're like for every uh one foot they are they're about 10 tons or they're about a ton so if you had a 10 foot whale you would have a 10 ton whale wow dang that's a serious animal whales are very intelligent too from what i've heard is that correct yeah definitely as far as we know um and if you've ever interacted with one then you definitely can feel that intelligence and they have a way of communicating that we don't even fully comprehend yet. Now you've traveled all over checking out sharks and things like that. What was, uh, what's number one on the list? What one was your favorite? So I've traveled a lot and my favorite place to visit is French Polynesia. And we have had great uh, tiger shark interactions there with our friends at Morea Moana Tours, so I would definitely recommend them. 
Um, that's probably the place that my husband and I just continuously return to each year because we love it so much. It's so beautiful and the wildlife is amazing. They do have whale season there as well. Um, but my number one most memorable ocean interaction and shark interaction has to be January 2019. So we just passed a year anniversary of the time that we got to swim with the great white here in Hawaii. Uh, it was not at our typical dive site. It was actually 12 miles offshore. So way further offshore, definitely where you'd more so expect to potentially see one. Um, and there was a dead sperm whale that it was feeding on. So wow. we heard about, the, yeah, it was really, really incredible. We heard about the dead whale and went to monitor which sharks would pop up um, to feed. Next thing you know, this, 22 foot great white surfaces oh, next to our boat it's like the width huge. of the boat yeah it was just massive so you can see some awesome photos and videos of that encounter at uh, instagram at one ocean diving or my instagram at mermaid underscore kaylee um or some of our co-founders juan sharks and ocean ramsey but really really cool experience uh very peaceful I must admit that was my first and only great white. So even I, after working with sharks for five years, was still nervous um, about getting in because of the sheer size of this shark. Um, but once you got in, you could. she was just so smart. She was going right up to the dead whale and we would watch her feed. So she was totally, you know, even in that feeding mode and she would go eat on this dead whale carcass. But swim right past us as if we were just nothing like a malnourished dolphin like waste of her time i'm going to where my big food source is i'm not going to pay attention to these little divers swimming around me like um she seemed a bit curious of our presence but not uh not bothered by it or not looking at us as a food source whatsoever it was really really chill that's awesome um is the female shark bigger than the male? I know some animal species, the females are bigger. Yeah, um, a lot of the species that I've encountered, the females are generally larger uh, for pumping purposes, as well as they have developed over time and evolved thicker skin. Because during the mating process with the sharks, the males actually bite onto the females for mating, leaving a lot of bite marks and scratches and scars on them. Uh, so generally, if you see um, a shark that has a lot of scarring, uh, whether you're watching a documentary, you come across one um, in the ocean, uh, it could potentially be a female. And those are those leftover mating scars. That's really interesting. I've always wondered where they're getting all these scars from. So a lot of that's from breeding. Yes, a lot. Um, speaking of breeding, you mentioned your husband earlier. Did you guys, uh, <laughs> did you meet him? You said he dives too. Did you meet him in a dive? Yeah, yeah we both um, met <laughs> Sorry, on Oahu. We have not breeded yet. <laughs> no, no breeding going on. Um, I'm very immature. I apologize. It's, it's okay. You're good. Um, we both met here on Oahu. He works on the other side of the island. He does um, excitation tours. So dolphins and whales and then i do sharks over here on the north shore so that's a really uh fun tour to do as well and then we began our own company where we take people diving all over the world to see different wildlife and interact with different wildlife is he from hawaii or did you meet him out there 
Uh, I'm originally from Philadelphia, and he's originally from Colorado, but we both met out here. Hey, Colorado. That's, that's where we're at. Let's go. Yeah, I know. I was so excited when I saw that. I love, I love Denver. We went um, snowboarding in Breckenridge last time I was there. We had a great time. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. Um, we're I'm from Louisiana, and he's from Wyoming, but we live out here in Colorado now. We love it here. Yeah, definitely a good place to be. Yeah, it's no Hawaii, but it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Can you um, can you tell us about uh, you? You touched on a little bit of with the shark teeth. Can you t teach us more about shark conservation and what people could do to help that and not put a damper on the species and their numbers? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, this is this is always a pretty shocking fact for a lot of people that aren't aware, but actually around the world, sharks are being killed at about two to three sharks per second that goes by, Damn. which on an annual scale adds up to about 70 to 100 million sharks that are killed every single year. There are several reasons for this. The main number one reason that I'll start with is shark fin soup, uh, which is a delicacy or status symbol that is mainly served in Asian countries throughout Asia. It did originate in China. Um, in China, they use food as medicine. So you guys may have even heard of like shark fin soup or using man killing manta rays for their gills or um, even grinding up like elephants tusks or rhino horns into pills you know they would believe that certain things will will heal ailments or make them stronger so shark fin soup is just another one of those things believed to keep you healthy um in fact it's scientifically proven that it's very unhealthy for you because it has really high levels of mercury and other heavy metals and toxins so it is something that you actually want to avoid um However, it's just a tradition, so it's gone on uh, throughout history. And it's really hard to get these cultural traditions to actually stop and break. Luckily, there is some more awareness around these topics. So the younger generation, I believe, is starting to shift in a way where they may, use, they may not want to not use shark fin soup at their weddings and serve that, or um, they're using imitation shark fins in the soups too to avoid causing this impact so one really great thing um is obviously say no to shark fin soup or encourage people that you may know not to use shark fin soup and eat shark fin soup as well as um just creating awareness around this topic because some people still don't really know about it or that it's going on because it's maybe not in our cultural practice so that's really good. Um, just learning more, too. It's a really great documentary. If anybody wants to learn more about shark finning industry, I can recommend a few. One is called Saving Jaws. That's by our co-founders here at Wondershed Diving, as well as uh, Shark Water is another great one uh, by the late Rob Stewart. He's did awesome two documentaries. Um, and then another huge issue surrounding the ocean, definitely sharks, but the ocean in general, is uh, the way that we fish commercial fishing. Uh, very detrimental. A lot of the technologies that we've developed and the fishing methods. I mean, we have fish finders, we have trawling, we have long line drift nets, gill nets, ways to just go into the ocean and take everything out of that area indiscriminately. So not even what they target, what even they're trying to target catch, but just anything that's around. And so a lot of animals can die in the process and not just sharks. If you're a dolphin lover, whale lover, even seabirds can all um, die from things like trawling or 
um, long lining or gill nets. So really important to make yourself aware about that. A great resource if you want to eat, if you love seafood, you don't want to give it up or you don't want to eat less of it, you can at least try to make more sustainable options. There's seafoodwatch.org. It is made by the Monterey Bay Aquarium and they'll at least let you know what is sustainable or how that ranks in conservation. So then you can make a little bit more educated of a decision. That's really cool. I didn't know that existed. That's Seafood Watch, you said? Seafoodwatch.org. And there is uh, also an app. Okay, awesome. Seafood Watch. Uh, yeah. Question about the shark fin soup. Uh, is that is that going on in countries that, are, that can afford to eat other things? Or is it starving countries? Just so make that clear. It's, uh, yeah. it's it's basically just poaching, right? Over they're overdoing so, it. So it is it is hard because obviously in certain certain countries, um, perhaps like Indonesia and a, a bit more third world countries, uh -huh. um, that is how these people feed their families. So really important to um, stop the demand for the soup, so then the supply potentially won't be there. Um, so that's why we really need to raise awareness for these um, Asian countries. But the thinning can happen all over the world. And even the U.S. allows import and export of the fins through our country. So we are still contributing, even though shark thinning may be illegal. And it is a state-by-state -state basis. Um, Florida right now is trying to get a fin ban, which is really cool, trying to not allow any shark in um, import exportation through that state, which would be really huge. So if you guys follow Instagram Shark Allies, follow them. They post a lot of call to actions, um, different uh, petitions you can sign or you can write into the Florida lawmakers to help support that bill. There's even a, a GoFundMe on there too that you could um, support too, which is really great. Uh, but I really encourage people that do live in the U.S. make yourself familiar with what the laws are in your particular state. I know Georgia uh, has a really high import and export rate uh, of the fins as well. So each state is a little bit different. Always great to cast your vote towards conservation efforts. You can always write into your local lawmakers. That's what we're working on here in Hawaii is trying to get a bill passed uh, to protect the sharks of Hawaii. Unfortunately, there's no protection of the sharks even here in Hawaii where we have this amazing resource. Wow, is the uh, shark fin uh, delicacy and the whole the whole one for that? Is that for all shark species, or is it certain ones they're targeting? Yeah, it is. Uh, can be a bit challenging to identify the shark species after the fin is removed. However, um, again, if you watch some of these documentaries, I know there is a clip on Saving Jaws where they can identify. Um, being in Hong Kong, they're in some of these back alleyways where you can just see hundreds of thousands of fins bags and buckets just full of them um and there are some up on the wall that are a bit more prized possession you can see um the uh a great white shark fin you can see a whale shark fin you can see the rostrum of a huge sawfish so um yeah it's just really sad to kill an animal for essentially like a trophy item just like killing an elephant for their tusks or a rhino for their horns I heard sure. the next thing that was uh, giraffes are getting killed for their tails. So I don't wow. know about that. I've never heard of that. That's, that's crazy. A, that's a newer one. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Just for the tail. Yeah. yeah. That's such a beautiful animal just for a tail. Yeah. 
um, our goal with this episode is to educate people on sharks that don't know much about it, including ourselves, because we don't know a whole lot about it. So I don't want to demonize sharks by asking you this, but everybody wants to know, have you been bit by a shark before? Any bad attacks? I definitely have not. <laughs> and in fact, our, our company at One Ocean Diving has a 100% perfect safety record. We've literally, over the last seven years, taken out hundreds of thousands of people. Um, you're more likely to be bitten by a New Yorker than a shark, so really, <laughs> we should be scared That's of scary. our own kind. <laughs> that is a true statistic. That's much That's scarier. True. Uh, I have not. It definitely can happen. They are sharks. They can bite. Again, go with the guidance of a professional. If you come out um, at One Ocean Diving or even just follow along on our Instagram, you can probably find some tips on there of how to interact with a shark if you're in the ocean and what to do if one comes across because they are predators. So it's really important information. Right. And it, for the listeners, uh, you have to go check out her Instagram page. And is it One One Ocean Diving? Is that what it's called? Um, our company page is at One Ocean Diving. Um, my personal Instagram page is at mermaid underscore Kaylee. And um, another great resource would be our other co-founders Instagram at Ocean Ramsey. She actually wrote a book that's all about shark behavior and just a bit more life-saving information if you are interested on shark body language shark behavior how would i deter a shark and if i was surfing and things like that so really important stuff to learn as well yeah i follow all you guys it's really really cool content and uh, another thing too is the the photography is really good i don't know how you guys are capturing that stuff underwater but it's beautiful images i would have to say um that's all of our in-house photographers we have a couple we have uh Juan sharks that's ocean ramsey's husband my hun husband uh cam grant photography among other in-house awesome photographers i'm lucky i just get to swim around <laughs> they do all the positioning and <laughs> shout out to those photographers the hard work. <laughs> yeah yeah that's some cool stuff thank you have a now, I know that your company has a perfect record, but have you ever had an incident around the world or anything like that where you, it, it just got sketchy? I know you've never been bit, but any close calls? Yeah, I've seen um, other people. I would say it's, I don't, don't want to name any names or anything, but I would say it's really when you get a little too cocky. You always have to remember in the ocean that you're in a force that is greater than you, and you have to be have that full awareness um don't don't take anything for granted um just have the ultimate respect so i've seen people get like a little bit too cocky i've personally never seen even a bite and that's pretty amazing because i've been a shark diver for five years and done it all over the world many different places i've heard of people i know um being bit that are in different areas mainly if you're in an area where there's a baited dive that obviously ups the risk so you know just keep that in mind but there are operations around the world that are doing it safely. Um, there's a really fun place to go called Tiger Beach. Um, I've never been there, but it looks pretty amazing. I would just say make sure you do some research on the company. I can really only speak for our own and our 100% safety record. Yeah, that's an incredible record. Uh, even if there was bites, I still want to go try it out. That, that sounds too fun. <laughs> yeah, you've made, you've made me feel so much more comfortable about it, honestly. I mean... Sharks get a bad rap, and I, I was a believer in that, you know? Yeah, we all grew up with Jaws being the, the scary movie <laughs> yeah. that set the standard for how sharks are, which is just the Hollywood version. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, it didn't end with Jaws either because we still have the Meg, the Shallows, 47 meters down. I mean, they even put sharks in a tornado and made it scary. So. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Um, so, Kaylee, what's your favorite shark species that you like to see or just interact with as a whole? What's your favorite species? Um, my personal favorite has to be a tiger shark. I just think um, their sheer size is humbling as well. They are a larger, more capable animal. They do have this beautiful pattern on their bodies, this, these beautiful stripes, and they're so much more gentle and cautious and shy and more scared of us than people ever give them credit for because generally you hear about uh, tiger sharks being one of the most aggressive species. And it's just not the case in their actual demeanor once you get to interact with them. It's just that they're larger, so their prey is larger, a little bit closer to our size. And they're kind of like a derpy species as well. So they get in more unfortunate mistake and identity bites, which is when they accidentally mistake you as food. Um, but that's, again, so, so rare. The chances of that are like you're more likely to get hit in the head with a coconut and die than, than have a shark bite you. So <laughs> That's a high statistic I've heard too. <laughs> yeah. Coconuts are out there killing everybody. Yeah. What what was the uh what was the like once in a lifetime shark that you've seen, like a super rare species? Well, it definitely has to be that great white. That was the that was just like the most amazing interaction and the fact that that happened to me during my lifetime was just fantastic um and then i was really excited when i finally got to interact with an oceanic white tip as well because i think they have really uh beautiful fins uh in which if you look them up google an oceanic white tip it looks like their white pattern was kind of spray painted and speckled onto them um they do command a lot of attention and respect because they're very swift and quick so it kind of keeps you on your toes but i'm pretty excited for this june we're leading an expedition where i potentially could meet my first mako shark and they are the fastest fish in the sea so i'm excited to cross that off the bucket list well, that's cool i was actually getting ready to ask you if you had any experience with makos so it's coming up <laughs> coming up have you done Have you done any diving off the um, Australian coast or Africa? Or I actually have not been to either, but um, I don't know if you're referring to both of South Australia and South Africa have great white cage diving. Yeah, uh, I knew that that was a popular thing out in that area. Seems like a good spot to see great whites. Yeah, I if I were going specifically for great whites, I would probably actually go to Isla Guadalupe, which is off of Mexico. Um, it's more expensive, but if you really want to go see great whites, then I would go there because it's a bit more guaranteed. Um, it's beautiful visibility, like a hundred foot visibility, whereas wow. South Australia, South Africa can be a bit hazy in the water, as well as the water is much warmer, and I am not super good with the cold. So just depending <laughs> on who you are, that might be a better option for you. Yeah, yeah that's another question I have, because uh, I don't know much about killer whales either, the orca. Is that a cold water whale? So what's interesting about um, these animals is that they can be in cold water or warmer water. Oh, wow. So there are some orcas that 
Um, they all could be different subspecies of one another, so just a little bit different. Um, but there are orcas and orca swims where you can actually go swim with orcas in Norway. Um, again, that sounds really, really cool. Um, but orcas have been spotted off of Big Island, Hawaii. Um, orcas have been spotted off of um, uh, Cabo in Mexico. Um, even just this last year in different parts of Tahiti, they were spotted. So they can be spotted in warmer water. Um, they are covering a lot of ground. Um, each different orca subspecies could be potentially different. You get um, some that are transient, some that are residents, and things like that. So they could have fully different diets, and just depends which which area you're speaking about. What about uh, sea turtles? What's the likelihood of seeing one of those on one of your your dives that you guys provide? Um, the green sea turtles are generally by the coastline. So with us going out three miles you might see them on the way out they're all over hawaii really? um so you can yeah you can just like go jump in nearly at any snorkel spot and come across some turtles which is really cool uh, especially the west side of the island you go on a tour over there um they're really fun That's, uh, uh... but because we're going out three miles i've actually only seen a green sea turtle out that far three different times in the last five years and one time it was actually being hunted on by a tiger shark Oh, wow. That's a crazy thing to see. Yeah. That, that's that's where I've seen the sea turtle was uh, west side, like you said. West side of the island, that's where I've seen one. Right off the yeah, right off they're the all before, over like there. You said, yeah. all it's on my bucket list to swim with the sea turtle, so i got to knock that yeah. out when I go there. <laughs> Come out to Wahoo, swim on the west side, um, and there's lots of turtles out there. I like those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to pass on to our listeners about conservation or anything else before we go into the six questions? Uh, I would definitely encourage everybody, if you found this um, chat interesting, to follow up and do a little bit more research. Uh, I'll just re-mention the documentaries again. One would be Saving Jaws. Uh, another would be Shark Water. I would say check those out. A lot are on Amazon, Hulu, um, Netflix even. So check those out so you can learn a little bit more. If you want to come dive with us, continue to follow um, at One Ocean Diving. And we also post on their call to action so you can always find ways to help yourself as well. That's awesome. Definitely going to look into those documentaries too. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, they're really cool. All right. You ready for the six questions? Okay, I think so. <laughs> All right, number one is you have the power to make one law. Which law do you create and why? So I don't know exactly how specific I would get, but I would definitely want to enforce a lot more laws on commercial fishing and establish way more MPAs, which are marine protected areas around the world. I can respect that. <laughs> How would you go about, how would they do that? Is it like a range in the ocean, basically, that's off limits? Yeah, exactly. So, for example, um, and it, does, it has to go through a lot of, a lot of legislative process, um, but Obama was able to um, put a huge marine protected area around our monument here in Hawaii, our northwest Hawaiian island, Papa Hanau Mokulkea. Um, and it's all of our Northwest Hawaiian Islands just above our main Hawaiian Island. 
um, are protected from fishing and things like that. But sadly, you will see the tracks of where um, fishing vessels will go, um, and they'll go right to that line. So sometimes it does still have an effect. So we really need a lot more of the world to be uh, marine protected monuments, just to give these animals a chance to have somewhere where they're not going to be caught and killed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, quick question on a side note, too. How is the uh, the reef fish out there in Hawaii doing? Is there any over-collecting going on with that, or is it pretty stable? Um, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the aquarium trade, but as far as the reef is doing, really, really sadly, actually, um, this year is the worst that I've ever seen it in my career out here in Hawaii through being a dive master, through working with the sharks, just diving out here for the last seven years. Uh, um, I've seen a huge decline in the animals on the reefs, the health of the reefs, specifically a lot of coral bleaching within the last seven years. Um, this last year, because of global warming, it was like a graveyard. Really, really sad the first time that I went back to the west side to snorkel along the reef, and it was just like everything turned white. Um, the ocean's just getting really, really warm, and without that change of temperature, things cannot survive. Um, things end up being killed off. So what's happening this year in specific is something called, it's not a super scientific name, it's called the blob. <laughs> um, but basically between Hawaii and Alaska, there's a huge ocean heat wave. Um, the ocean heat wave of 2019, aka the blob. And just the temperatures higher than ever, and a lot has been affected by that. So specifically wow. the reefs. Um, one thing, I mean, anybody could do, if you're going to enter a reef, make sure that your sunscreen is okay for the reef. That could be really helpful as well. Um, and you can just look on the back, and the only active ingredient should be zinc. There should be nothing on there that sounds like a chemical. No oxybenzone, um, avobenzone, homosalate, nothing like that sounds like you don't know what it is. It should be zinc, potentially titanium as well, so... You should kind of understand what it is that you're putting on your body because it also goes into your pores so you don't want the chemicals to soak into you or into the ocean yeah that's that's really good information i never thought about that no i i did want to mention that but i didn't want to give hawaii a bad rap we i went to jamaica and that was the first time i snorkeled on the reef and it was beautiful and then when i did go to hawaii there was there was a difference and i i thought it was kind of just population of the island and tourists and things like that because they there's a lot of people there surprisingly and a lot of people yeah. just, just out in the water and they, they touch it. And, you know, I mean, people are curious and it's, you just got to leave it alone and let it do its thing. Yeah, it definitely comes back to education. And there are a lot of people um, specifically on Oahu more than the other islands. So other islands, you could see a little bit more health on the reef. So it definitely can be population, but it is even a larger picture than that. It's a global issue. It's a global scale. Um, the, the climate change is real it's really happening and uh, things are getting warmer so things are going to be affected by that and definitely in the ocean also right right uh one more side question um as your personal opinion how do you feel about uh aquarium hobbies being a, a free diver and seeing everything in its natural habitat is that are you against that or where do you stand with that uh i definitely don't support like dolphin shows and things like that. Um, anything that's used 
other than for rehabilitation, um, I think is like pretty evil. So I would say don't buy a ticket to like a dolphin show, things like Sea Life Park, Sea World. Um, as far as aquariums, I don't have. Just depends on what types of animals they have in there. I don't have like a huge stance um, either way. It's always hard to see people wanting to take animals off the reef. I would never do that. I would say um, if you're going to take anything off the reef, hopefully it's an invasive species. So actually you're leaving the reef better than you left it. But yes, that's a hard one. Uh, yeah, I, I want to be honest with you. I have an African cichlid aquarium, but it is big and I take good care of them, I promise you. <laughs> and that's good. That those are all. <laughs> yeah, the fish that we both have fish tanks and uh, I have a saltwater tank too, and uh, it's all captive bred stuff. So I don't know if that makes it a little bit better. Somewhere down yeah, the line, exactly. they were taken. <laughs> so here, if, if they're like bred in captivity and it's like mainly fish and not cetaceans which i just believe are way more intelligent on another level um i don't have like a huge problem with it but what really bothers me is sometimes you'll get divers out here that will actually come catch um aquarium fish and take them from the ocean so i feel like in those terms you should kind of just like leave them be um that's just my opinion yeah i know exactly what you're talking about that's referred to in the in the, the pet hobby is divers den where they take um, a diver will go out and collect an individual fish or a crustacean or a coral or whatever, and you can have an actual picture of it. You know exactly which one you're getting, and it's a little bit more expensive. But, yeah, that one definitely seems messed up and away from the captive bread stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back to the remaining five questions. What uh, Number two is what three words would you choose to describe yourself? I, this is always a hard one. Um, I would say charismatic, passionate, and dedicated. Those are great. Those are great. Yeah. Thank you. I <laughs> guess I think highly of myself. <laughs> That's good. Got to have standards for yourself. <laughs> Number three is what do you want to be remembered for? I would like to be remembered as a steward of the ocean and the planet as a whole i think you're doing that so yeah. mission <laughs> <Thank> achieved <laughs> number four is what is something you like that most people don't know about you so a lot of people don't know probably that i used to skydive and it's something i haven't done in a while but something that i really enjoy Jeez, that's rock rock climbing and you got them all covered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, I know. You're an adrenaline ju uh, junkie. <laughs> yeah, that I don't do. I haven't done rock climbing, so maybe one day and then that'll be my new thing. And then that's yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what, what's more of a rush for you, being next to the Great White or jumping out of a plane? Um, I would have to say jumping out of a plane is more of a rush because I feel like I understand sharks so much better now. I mean... I, I feel like I would crave and desire to be doing the ocean diving, but as far as like an adrenaline rush, it would definitely give me that a bit more jumping out of a plane. That makes sense. Number five is what is uh if you could have if you could have any superpower, which would you choose? Okay, this is the easiest one. Breathe underwater. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I was expecting you to say <laughs> become a yeah. real mermaid. Huh? Yeah. I was like, that's easy. That would be awesome. Yeah, maybe you'll maybe some water world something will happen and you'll get gills. 
Yeah, I got to get a good breast hold going, so. You got to get bit by a radioactive starfish. Okay, sounds good. Sign me up. <laughs> no, I, I'm curious. Have you ever have you ever tried those really super deep like dive tanks where guys hold their breath for like 10 minutes and they go like, I don't know, 300 meters down and all that? Um, I've done some free diving courses. It's really amazing what the human body can do and um people don't even really understand what they're capable of and that we have this mammalian dive reflex that allows us to hold our breath longer than we even expect that we can. Um, so anyone can take up free diving. I think that's why I love it so much. It's just essentially a sport connecting you to your body, to your breath, um, almost like a meditative and relaxing thing. Um, my personal records are pretty minor for the free diving world, but it might sound like it's a lot, but there are people that can do way more than me. Um, but my maximum breath hold in a static was three minutes and um, depth 100 feet on wow. a single breath. That's nuts. I, I get in the swimming pool and go down like 12 feet, and I feel like my head is going <laughs> to pop. I yeah, used, you have to equalize. I used to uh, challenge myself all the time when I was a teenager to stay under longer. And my record, just going to the bottom of a swimming pool and not moving at all, was two minutes and 31 seconds. And I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. If you took a class, you'd be like, you'd be to five minutes easy. I just don't like static, which means just sitting still and holding your breath. That's not my style because my mind kind of goes crazy. Right. I would rather move around and hold my breath. Yeah, for sure. And that, that would be more exhausting. And I don't think I would last anywhere near as long. Now, do you do, you do yeah. the scuba stuff? Do you go down and do full scuba gear and all that? I am a dive master, so I did actually work in the scuba industry before I transitioned to sharks. But um, it's pretty rare that I get to strap a tank on and blow bubbles these days. But it's still fun, and I still really enjoy it when I do. You've gone down pretty deep with that? Um. Yeah, just like maybe 120 feet. Yeah. That's that's crazy deep to me. That kind of yeah, that, that kind of creeps me out. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, once you get used to it, it's not so bad. I don't think I've ever gone past twelve feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> All right, last question, number six. If you could know the absolute truth on one conspiracy theory out there, which would you choose? Okay, this one's so hard for me, but. I think I would actually just want, because it's not, it's not a conspiracy theory, it's real that climate change is happening, but I would want it to be proven to all those people that don't believe it. That makes sense. It goes right in the line of your work. Yeah, I would have to say that, but I do find other conspiracy theories interesting. I've heard of everything from like, flat earth to 9-11 and all that stuff so they always interest me yeah we we cover all those on this podcast we we've got a lot of really interesting guests that come on that are experts and teach us about it but nobody really knows the true answers on any of that stuff so that's what makes it interesting i know you just never know i like to play the devil's advocate just hear both sides because you can't always just believe what you're told exactly well said well Miss Kaylee, that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Absolutely. It was good to get to know you, and what you do is incredible. And we hope we can. Thank you guys so much. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you. And the next time in Hawaii, I'm definitely looking you guys up, and I'm going to commit and do the 
do the dive. Yeah, I'm going to talk my uh, wife yeah. into going on a trip next year so we can do this because I can scratch it off my bucket list. I feel so much more comfortable about it, for real. <laughs> yeah, you really did help us uh, understand sharks better, and I hope our listeners got that same thought. Oh, that's a that's so good. I'm glad. And it will be even more reassuring when you get to do it in person, I promise. Not scary. For sure. Well, you have a good one, Miss Kaylee, and we'll... Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. I got a bad feeling about this. There's no coming out of the rabbit hole. Billions of people just living out their lives, oblivious. <laughs>